You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I am at Williamson NFL. I urge you to check out the rest of the Lock On Network. I'm sure you NBA fans are digging into the playoffs as they're winding down. I've actually been watching a little bit. you got to check out the Locked On NBA folks, uh, including their flagship run by David Locke, Locked On NBA. Um, this is the flagship of the NFL Locked On section, Locked On NFL, run by yours truly. And I just got back a little bit ago from Steelers minicamp, first day. I was on the air there with my buddy Dale Lawley for three hours. And it... As is going to be the case, Tuesdays going forward, it's Twitter Tuesday. And you guys love sending me in questions. There's quite a few here to pick from. So we are going to dig into that. But first of all, I need to, you know, one thing you need to know is you can get Locked On NFL on a brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And please, when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast, Locked On NFL. So check out Himalaya. And do that for me, please. Um, the news of the day really is Gerald McCoy is out. Namakong Sue is in. Um, I think this is an upgrade, you know, and I think that a key here is obviously the finances. You know, that's a lot to do with it. Sue's been somewhat of a gun for hire lately, obviously, ch- ch- going team to team and making quite a bit of money on the way but also helping, and I thought he was a really good player down the stretch last year for the Rams. But I think a key here, too, is same age, basically. McCoy is really a three-technique defensive tackle. The key is really the money, first of all. And, and still a good one. Um, a little bit more of a spot guy. I think he should be a rotational player more than the straw that serves the drink, as he so often has been. And I think Sue has proven he no longer is the straw that serves the drink, but he's a complimentary piece. But the difference in the two, and I think the one thing just football-wise that I think that Tampa will like with Sue is the versatility. You know, that there's a new, def- new defensive coordinator in Tampa and Todd Bowles. I was with him with the Browns. And Tampa traditionally, more than really any team in the league, has been cover two, rush four, very distinct positions, and Todd Bowles doesn't want that. Todd Bowles wants blitz. He wants to throw a lot at you. He wants versatility. And Sue can align in a lot of different techniques and more so than McCoy. So one thing to look at there, and, and as we talked about on yesterday's Power Ranks, let's talk. Uh, let's just reiterate in case you missed it, Tampa's D was crushed by injuries last year. And as a whole, they were one of the teams hit hardest on by Football Outsiders ranks. Again, check that podcast out. It was Power Ranks along with how injured teams were in 2018, wouldn't be surprised with me at all if Tampa bounces back pretty quickly. Um, a lot of your questions I'm going to roll into one surrounding the situation are, you know, where are some landing spots for McCoy? And before he got released, and we've heard he might get released now for, you know, five months or whatever. So this isn't a massive shock. But you heard the Browns were highly interested Maybe, maybe, but the, the, some of the teams I like better, I could certainly see this being a Pats-like move. Oh, you want to end your career? You want to win with us? Like they did with Chris Long, guys like that. We'll keep you in a rotation. We'll only play you, Gerald, on passing downs. Maybe you'll get a ring. You're pretty darn close to being guaranteed to go into the, the postseason. 
come to New England, we'll play for a little less. Um, you haven't won a ton, totally different area of the country, new way of looking at the league and usage and a great way to end out your career as so many well-known veterans have. But the other teams that really stand out to me are teams I looked at that have cap space because he's not going to play for free. He's going to be reasonably expensive, probably on a one-year deal, as Sue was. Um, the Colts. I mean, the Colts are a similar system to what he's played his whole life in Tampa. Again, probably can afford to keep him in a rotation. Wouldn't have a lot of focus of pass rush on him with their new dudes. Certainly in a position to win now. It would be a great addition for the Colts. Seattle, and again, they've shown sort of in a Patriot-like manner that we'll take any, all, you know, let's, talk, let's grab Ansa. We'll grab all shapes and sizes and use you properly. we got a pretty nice history here, Gerald, to come stop up, and we'll use you very, very well. And you can, you know, your twilight of your career could be very helpful. Houston's got a lot of cap space. That one's intriguing. I mean, you throw Watt and Clowney and Merciless and McCoy, like, whoo, you know, that that's kind of appealing to me. I, I mean, that would be a nice move, a nice shakeup move for the Texans. The Raiders could certainly use them. You know, I know they have some younger defensive tackles, and that's fine, but they got cap space. They need pass rush. Their pass rushers are now feral and younger dudes, so that would make sense. It's also a very Eagles-like thing to do. You know, Michael Bennett, you know, some of the guys they've brought in over the years, it's sort of in a Pats-like fashion that Fletcher Cox will be the straw. You know, Graham's still really good. But we like having lots of defensive linemen. And we have some money, and we're in win-now mode, and we're an aggressive front office. So I, I like that fit a lot. Lastly is the Lions and... Like the Pats, I mean, they prefer defensive tackles that are 320 and eat up double teams and all that. But also, this is Patricia coming from a Pat system. They have some money. And if they could say, hey, well, they need more pass rush too. I mean, they lost to Ansa and they brought in Flowers. And that's an upgrade, but uh, you can't tell me that their pass rush is fixed. And they have some good defensive tackles like Hand and Harrison. But McCoy would be different than what they have, and if used situationally, that would make some sense to me too. So the names I came up with are Browns, Colts, Patriots, Seahawks, Texans, Raiders, Eagles, Lions. Uh, let's get into some of these other Twitter questions here. Rich Kingston asks, as one of the only national commentators with anything to say about Carolina ever, you skipped them a bit at 17 yesterday. If Cam is healthy, wildcard spot? I don't think it's a big if. He'll be fine. Well, Rich, I don't know that you're a team doctor, and frankly, neither am I. This one just smells a little funny to me, but I, I need to stop going down that road. It's just my spidey sense going off about Cam. But let's assume he is healthy, because we really don't have any reason not to. But I do think they should use him differently. I mean, less Mike Allstott out of Cam, and more pocket passing. And that's not his strength, but I do think DJ Moore, Samuel, especially McCaffrey... And I love the way that offense was humming pre-Cam injury. And that was a Thursday night that he came here to Pittsburgh. Because I remember previewing that game like crazy going, hey, Steeler fans, this offense is going to light you up. And I think they need to – but the problem, my, my problem with Newton is I don't want to neuter Newton. You know, like if he's not a runner, if he's not Superman, a physical beast, he's not – doesn't have the same superpowers. You know, he's not a great passer. So some of that stuff needs to be incorporated, but I think it needs to be put on the back burner a little. And a really 
improved offensive line. I don't think people were talking about their offensive line being improved enough. To And so I think that's big. Um, I think the offense has a chance to be really good, is, I guess is my bottom line. And I do trust North Turner. Turner's had a, a, you know, did, got good things out of Newton last year. I think the defense is fine, led by Keekley and the linebackers. But I think it's probably below average. You know, I mean, if I could come up, I'm sure, with 10 defense, no doubt in my mind, I could come up with 10 defenses I prefer. Could I come up with 15? Maybe, you know, maybe 20. So I think it's middle of the road and kind of like we've seen from Atlanta and New Orleans over the years. I think in that division, you need to outshoot people. And to answer your question, absolutely they could be a wild card team. I don't mean to dismiss that. But, boy, I'm really impressed with that division. If you listen to yesterday's show, I mean, I had the Saints number one. I had the Falcons six or seven, something like that. I had Tampa right next to Carolina and was torn who to pick over those two. So it will not be an easy road for the Panthers. I really do like the offense, though. Um, Today's show is brought to you by Grip6, where their goal is literally to make the best belt that's ever been made. It's a great goal. Grip6 is an easy, thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas, and even moms and wives. Check out their women's collection. Ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap, and it carries a low profile with a buckle laying flat against the waist, making the belt super comfortable. Grip6 is the only belt with no holes, no flap, and no bulk. Grip6 has a special offer for you at grip6.com slash lock, L-O-K-E. All right. What is Stefan Diggs' ceiling? K. White Terrific asked me. Are injuries his biggest issue? I'd say yes, injuries are his biggest issue. And his body type makes you scared a little bit. You know, I mean, he's not Andre Johnson, Julio Jones. And not like those guys are always healthy either. He's more of a sports car. But I think he has some A.B. Odell-like talent qualities, body control, burst out of breaks. So his ceiling is high, is really high. Like one of the top five best receivers in the league. And if I were to do a top 10 list, I bet he'd be on it. I mean, I'm a big believer. With all respect to Thielen, and Thielen made a lot of waves last year, rightfully so, he's a great player too, that you know he had all those 100-yard games in a row. But if you watch a coach's tape, defenses were more worried about Diggs than Thielen. So Thielen benefits more from Diggs than the other way around. They certainly help each other. They really could use a third receiver in a bad way. Um, wouldn't it be shocking to me if they added one next offseason, reasonably high, second-round pick. You know, Treadwell has not worked out. He won't be back. Didn't pick up his option. But just digs in a vacuum, I'll take him over just about every receiver in the league. I mean, there's probably eight I would take ahead of him, something like that. I don't know. So, um, who else do we got here? Hockey Game Appreciator says, out of the Raiders, Giants, Redskins, Lions, and Niners, who would you like to see on Hard Knocks? Whew. There's some good ones there. Raiders are pretty hard to beat. I mean, Gruden's entertaining. A lot of different wheels turning there. A lot of changes. Antonio Brown's going to be entertaining. <laughs> you know, I mean, even Al Davis's son might be, Mark Davis might be entertaining. That organization might be entertaining. I bet their facilities aren't so great, but they would be pretty high on my list. Um, Giants, also high on the list. Barkley, especially a new quarterback. I think that's where you're going with Redskins, Giants. I think the Giants are more entertaining. 
their GM is very outspoken. You know, Eli's not the most exciting guy to watch, but maybe his him and Jones interactions would be fun. Redskins owner would be fun to watch. Um, you know, Adrian Peterson, Geis, those guys I think would be entertaining. I'll take the Giants over the Redskins, though. Lions, they're kind of a snoozer to me. Uh, I mean, it's Patricia's, I think Patricia would take the Belichick style and just not say anything. Unfortunately, Stafford's dealing with personal issues with his wife. I mean, that might make for good TV, but I don't. I don't want to see that portion of his life. You know, I hope everything's best for him, but that's not our business, you know. Um, yeah, I guess they have some personalities, but they'd be low on my list. If I, th- if I had to rank, if I do a power ranks for hard knocks, I think the Lions would be pretty low on my list. I do think the Niners would be high, though. Entertaining head coach, GM that we've known and know some things about, Jimmy G's return, a lot of moving parts, guys like Ford and Bosa being added to the mix, great area of the country, there's probably some scenery. I think Arizona, this isn't one you asked, but I think Arizona is the most interesting team, don't you think? I mean, if you had to pick one, wouldn't it be the Cardinals right now? Kyler and spread option principles and new coach and Larry's always entertaining. But I guess of your list, I'll take the Raiders. Lions would be low on my list, though, man. Um, some of you, when I throw out Twitter Thursday, get confused because I do the Dynasty Blueprint with my buddy Ryan McDowell. And sometimes I get dynasty questions even when I ask for just locked on NFL questions. But it's also sometimes pretty relevant too. And Jamie Whiteman asks, is Dalvin Cook a sell high? Um, See, like in the dynasty world for fantasy where you keep your guys year to year, his stock's a little bit down because he can't stay in the field. And that goes back to Florida State and he's not the biggest guy. But boy, Kubiak coming up there, a little bit better line. I think he's in for a monster year, but I'm not sure we've talked a lot unless we, you know, we talked about the uh, NFC North draft recap, but Madison, the, the back they drafted out of Boise State went a little earlier in the draft than I expected, but he could be Latavis Murray slash come from nowhere. I'm not saying he's Lou Gehrig or Wally Pipp with Dalvin Cook, but if Cook can't stay on the field, Madison might have a huge year. I think the Vikings running game is something I'm buying in a huge way. Cook's talent is something I'm buying in a huge way. I hope he stays healthy because I think he's a Pro Bowl type deal. But uh, I don't know. You know what I mean? Joshua Redding is a great supporter of the show. He, he asked me, what's the story behind you and your former and former President Bush that's on your cover photo on Twitter? It's the younger of the Bush presidents. It's W. Um, that was my year with the Browns, and apparently the owners of the Browns and the Bush family go back a ways. You know, this is the learners, um, supporters of the Bush family. Trust me, I know nothing about politics. And if you and I were sitting here at my bar chatting politics, you'd say, you're an idiot, you don't know a thing. So I am not a political person. This is by no means a political statement. I don't know if he was a good president, a bad quarter president or not. I mean, I, that's not why I put it out there. But what happened was, like every day, I mean, you know, it's it, my it's time to go to practice. Walk down the steps, go out to practice. And I couldn't get out the bottom door. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? I need to go to practice, man. I see, you know, why won't these people let me out? And you quickly find out that the Secret Service is holding the door shut because the presidential party is basically strolling through the basement of the facility where 
most most facilities, the basement is the players' area. I mean, there's the weight room, the locker room, the medical stuff, and they, and you go straight out to to practice. And that's exactly what George W. Bush was doing. And I didn't know he. I just gotten back from the road. I didn't know they were coming. Maybe we got an email or something back then, or a memo. I didn't know. But when I was allowed to walk out, there was his obviously his entourage. And I think I've mentioned you before when I was with the Browns, one of our top guys that would like look into people was a former secret service member of president Bush's father. You know, he was a guy that like ran across, ran next to the, uh, the cavalcade or cavalcade or whatever the heck it's called. Uh, one of those type of dudes, very, very close to that former president. So there's a lot of connections there. That's kind of a side note, but anyways, I'm walking onto the grass to go out to the fields and watch our not so great team. And they said, Hey, do you want to take a, a picture with the president? And our team photographer was there and took, you know, maybe 40 of us, I'm guessing. We just got to, you know, take, shake his hand. And I took a business card, asked him to sign the back of it because my uncle, it was a big, he is very political. I'm not, and loves president, loved president Bush. And so I gave him my Browns business card, Matt Williamson, NFL scout with his signature on the back. So that picture is him signing it and handing it over and shake his hand. And then, you know, later they would say, Hey, we took these pictures of you and president Bush. Do you want them? And I'm like, yeah, why not? I mean, how often do you meet the president? So that's the story behind that. Um, quick little break here. We'll come back with some more. Again, it's not the heaviest time in the year for, for football, but we will get into it. All right, we are back. Joshua Redding also asks, wow, I'm going to dig into it though. Rank these defensive backs based on who you think will make the biggest leap in year two. Whoa, Denzel Ward, Minka Fitzpatrick, Derwin James, Alexander, or Jamie Alexander, Terrell Edmonds, Mike Hughes, Josh Jackson, all top 50 picks from last year. Well, Ward and James are awesome, and the other guys have a lot of jump to catch them. I'm around Edmonds a lot, and I'm expecting a jump. But he, play, he played a lot of snaps last year. But I don't think I would put him in Alexander or Fitzpatrick's category in terms of the leap they'll make. Now, that's not saying they'll be the best player in 2019 of this list. I think that's still Derwin, Ward, draw a line, figure it out after that. But I'm going to go with Minka, and I think he already is a very good player. And I think, you know, remember what's going on in Miami is... Patriots of the South. And I th do you think Bill Belichick would like Minka Fitzpatrick? Oh, by the way, there's a saving connection, but the toughness around the versatility, the playmaking skills. Is he a slot? Is he a safety? You don't really know. How should I account for him? I think he's one of the few absolute foundational players of this new Dolphins regime. I think Alexander is going to be a great player too. Uh, Jari Alexander. He is a Jamie Alexander, like he's uh, <laughs> from Game of Thrones. But it's Jari Alexander. I think he's already a really good player and should remain a really good player. Uh, Hughes and Jackson, I can't say I, I'm super excited they're going to make a, a big jump. And, you know, Hughes didn't play, so we'll see. But um, there you have it. Um, he asked yet another one. Last year, there were five first round rookie Pro Bowlers Barkley, Ward, Nelson. James and Van Der Esch. If you had to pick five first-round rookies this year to be Pro Bowlers, who are you taking? Um, boy, that's tough. 
you know, the defensive linemen come to mind immediately. Bosa, Derwin, or Bosa, Quinnen. There's just so many damn good offensive or defensive linemen in the league. Offensive line's a pretty easy path. That's all respect to Nelson. But I don't know that those early offensive linemen are set to pave their way and go straight to the Pro Bowl. None of the running backs. I like Josh Jacobs, but that's that's a bit of a stretch. I mean, three three AFC running backs is one going to be Josh Jacobs. I doubt it. I don't think any of the quarterbacks. <laughs> Not going real well here. I mean, the, the wide receivers, is it going to be Marquise Brown, Nikhil Harry, eh, Metcalf? I don't see any of those guys beating out DeAndre Hopkins and Diggs and A.J. Green and guys like that. Like, I love Hawkinson. I like Fant quite a bit. I love this tight end class, but how many rookie tight ends go to the Pro Bowl? And are you going to beat out Kelsey and Ertz and that level guy? Dude, I'm struggling. I mean, like, again, I like some of these defensive linemen, but defensive line is such a tough spot. Um, two that I think definitely stand out are the second-level linebackers, the two Devons. That's not easy. I mean, there's Van Der Esch and there's a lot of good Keekleys and Wagners. I mean, that's not an easy position to go. But like we saw with Darius Leonard, it's a high-profile, make-a-lot-of-play position. So I could see that. Um, dude, the corners, it's not a good corner class at all. I like some of the safeties, but rookie pro bowlers? So I guess, you know, I'm kind of playing this one just off the cuff. Maybe I'm missing someone, but I don't see many rookie pro bowlers. And somebody will, you know, will shock us. Like, I've mentioned David Montgomery, like, He's in a really good situation. Could he have a Kareem Hunt-like rookie year? Yeah. I mean, he could. He could. But um, there aren't many that I'm saying, boy, you know, like I said last year, Derwin James going to the Pro Bowl. Like, uh, there's not somebody I'm hanging my hat on like that in this one. Um, see, Amarillo R32. I would take Fletcher Cox over Aaron Donald. Am I wrong or right? Um, I'm not looking through this through pit-colored glasses. You're wrong, but not by much. I mean... I think Donald's a transcendent player and one of is going to go down as an all-time great. And like, for example, I'm not using this as as Bible, but like, he has like the best numbers Pro Football Focus has ever put out. I mean, him and like JJ Watt. But I think Cox in any era or any time would be one of the best one or two or three defensive linemen in the league. One of the best five defensive players in the league. I think in a way. People don't realize how special Fletcher Cox is, how valuable he is. So let's not, he's not, you know, just a, oh, he's a B plus. He's a pretty nice player. No, he's an A. I mean, he's, you know, the NFL Network does that top 100 players. If I were to do that, he might end up being eighth for me. You know, like really, really high. He's a superstar. And like, he's, I mean, I think he's easily on a Hall of Fame pace right now. Um, this was kind of touched on last Twitter Tuesday because I mentioned that year I was with the Browns and Joshua Silver wanted to kind of reiterate, what was your original thoughts on Aaron Rodgers coming to the league and did you have Alex Smith above him? Uh, I mentioned collectively the Browns had a higher grade on Rodgers than Smith. We had the third pick in the draft that year, took Braylon Edwards, who was our number one player at the time on that in that draft class. Um, I didn't write up the quarterbacks, but... Because my wife and I didn't have a family at the time, we're back in Pittsburgh, me and my buddy James just basically lived at the facility and we watched all these guys. 
And, you know, late at night, I mean, at 10 o'clock at night, it's just the two of us in the facility watching draft prospects for the fun of it. And both of us liked Rodgers more than Smith. Um, but I will say, no one that I know, including myself, saw Rodgers as what he is now. Like, I don't know how anyone could have seen that. Like, the way he throws the ball, and he was a skinny kid, he still kind of is. But I did not see the thrower of the football to cut to the chase, I think Rodgers was a pretty much a late bloomer. You know, like, I know that Mel and Todd were sitting in the war room going, why Why is Rodgers falling and he should have been a higher pick? And clearly looking back, yeah, he should have been a higher pick. But I can't blame those, what, 16, 17, 18 teams, whatever it is, that passed on him. Because if, the, if that version of Aaron Rodgers coming out of Cal came out of this draft class or next draft class, we'd be picking him apart right now. And I, I wouldn't be saying, boy, he's the, the Packers got their guy or, you know, like, I don't think he would compete with Kyler Murray to be first pick overall or, or last draft. I don't think he would have beat out Darnold or, you know, even Rosen. I mean, he was a skinnier guy that had some questions and you saw flashes, but he wasn't the same prospect. I mean, he's almost night and day to me. And I think, whether he'd admitted or not, I'm sure sitting behind Favre a couple of years helped him a lot. Whether they got along or not, I don't care. But he, you know, he watched a superstar and realized, you know, not that he wasn't a risk taker at Cal, but that you know, I could do some of those things too. Like I think, and again, this is me just guessing, but I bet you sit there in the room with Favre and you say, "Wow, that's amazing," and then you say you know what, I might be able to do those things too. And he was right, and even better in my opinion. So I liked him. I didn't think he was a superstar talent, and I wasn't like banging the table for the Browns saying, how could you pass it Aaron Rodgers at three? I didn't think he was that type of prospect. Um, but as you guys know, if I could have any quarterback in the history of the game, I may end up taking Rodgers right now. So uh, it could be up for a real bounce-back season. I wonder how healthy he was last year, and we shall see. But that's somewhat of a sleeping giant. I mean, he's a sleeping dragon. I mean, that is a torch-to-city type of guy if he's back. Uh, folks, this was fun. This was a wrap. This is a wrap, um, as always. I'm going to record with Mike Mark Schofield tomorrow, but it'll be later than usual. Usually we do that at noon. Same with Sando on Thursday. Um, that won't be the case this week, I'll be trying to tape at different times later in the day to accommodate my, my Steelers schedule. Please check out the uh, the Himalaya app, as I mentioned before, and all the sponsors and the rest of the Locked On Network over and out.